Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Wang Podcast Experience. Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's up, my G. And now, your host with the most, Mr. Kim Wang. Bro, am I getting paid for this? Yes. Oh, my God. Hector, thank you for actually doing that great, great announcement. Glad that you came back from L.A., bro. I want to hear all about it. Especially, I want to hear about that story that I heard that your ass, your Latino ass got arrested over at the at the United uh, or I'm sorry, the Staples Center, not the United Center. That's in Chicago, the Staples Center. So I want to hear all about that. one. But as I digress, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. That's right. We are here. We are live. Uh, This is your boy, the Asian Sensation, reporting live from the Asian Sensation Studios in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. And this is another episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. What, what? Uh, I'm here. I'm having a good day today. And I was actually looking forward to this moment today because you know, even though that I had a great day and work was wonderful, this right here is something that I love to do. I love to engage with you people um, out there in the public or, or, or even here online. And I like to, you know, talk about things. I like to really make a difference. I like to have fun. And this is what it's all about. And today, though, it's going to be a little bit different uh, because uh, we have special guests here um, more than just a one-on-one, we're talking about a plethora of guests at the same time. Yes. Um, now the subject matter tonight, um, is something that is, uh, very near and dear to our hearts because, uh, we are all martial artists here. Uh, we have all earned, uh, the distinction of earning that rank of uh, black belt. Some that have, uh, earned, you know, more than a black belt we're talking about they you know like highly decorated in the rank but that that is to come uh but before uh we get into that uh there is something that i'm going to address tonight which is that we had uh another person that was supposed to be a guest tonight um one of my good friends uh a martial arts brother uh a person that uh teaches uh for a martial arts uh school called uh, kaizen karate Coach Zach Knox. Um, unfortunately, tonight he will not be joining us. Um, unfortunately, uh, he had an emergency situation um, that had to do with something with his family. Um, I'm not really sure what the full extent of that is, but um, you know, our sincerest condolences to Zach and his family. We're hoping the best for you. We're praying for you, man, and just. Uh, just want to let everybody know that uh, he is not going anywhere. You know, he has an open invitation anytime that he wants to come over to the Kim Huang podcast experience and, and talk whatever that you want to, you know, what you want to talk about or what we want to talk about. So he's not going anywhere. He is, uh, he is definitely a VIP, you know, and he's definitely a brother for life. Um, especially since um, him and I, we had a good moment where um, not only him and not only myself, but another Kaizen karate member, uh, Timothy Johnson, a.k.a. Timothy Apollo, we actually got a chance uh, this year 
to be in a movie called Miscalculated, which whenever that occurs and whenever that debuts and everything is finished, you'll know it right here. That being said, let's get to the subject matter at hand, which is the road to black belt, how we got there, what the quest was like. And, you know, what is a host without a couple of great guests? And in no particular order, as I'm cyberly, sh you know, shuffling the cards, uh, here we go. This particular um, woman is a black belt in uh, Kaizen Karate. She is one of the instructors and is a fourth degree black belt. Uh, she is uh, very decorated and she knows her stuff. So, fellas, do not test this woman because, you know, if you press that button and if you poke the bear, she going she going to bust you and she going to make sure that you fall on the floor and then she going to kick you and say don't ever do that again. So uh for the one time for the one time uh please give it up for uh coach Tiffany. Coach Tiffany is in the building. What's going on coach? Hey, not much. Doing good. Thanks for that great great visual of me just busting people on the floor like <laughs> Thank you. Hey, hey, you know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, as you know, as a martial artist, some sometimes certain things may happen. And, you know, what they say about the martial arts, it's a it's the art of self-defense. You know what I mean? You didn't probably didn't do anything to provoke that dude. And he, he poked the bear and, you know, you got to You got to throw the trap right in his face. Absolutely. It's never me. It's, you know, <laughs> angel. it's never me. Coming in over the uh, behind door number two is a very special friend of mine and a person that is uh, also very near and dear to my heart. Uh, we have worked together on many uh, promotional jobs together. Um, I have known her for quite some time and I'm proud to say that, you know, she, that I am uh, a mentor to her. Uh, about a few years ago, she had earned the position, the prestigious pres uh, position and rank a first degree black belt. Um, and it's really interesting because in her lineage, um, her instructor actually has the most famous teacher known to man, especially known in the DMV. And his teacher was uh, Grandmaster June Ree, the late June Ree. So technically speaking, we will say that she is a Taekwondo practitioner because June Ree was a Taekwondo practitioner. And she is here in the flesh. Uh, glad to have her. Cheyenne Cromwell is in the building. Cheyenne, how are you, sweetheart? Hi. It's always great to uh, to see you, and I, I'm so glad I could finally be on your podcast. Um, hey, I mean, you said I, I'm technically counted as a Taekwondo uh, practitioner. We'll get into that a little bit later on tonight, but okay. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. And now uh, this person uh, came under great recommendation uh, from Coach Tiffany. Uh, coming in from all the way over from the Fairfax, uh, Virginia area. And got to say, I love me some Fairfax because, you know, I, I love, let's see, uh, there is the Hard Times Cafe. Love that place. And uh, the Old Shabine, which is a great place for Irish food. So I love, I love Fairfax. Love me some Fairfax. And she recently just got uh, added to a very specific prestigious club the Black Belt Club, and uh, we are here, and uh, she is here, and we are honored to have her. Uh, Katie Parker is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Give, a, give it up for the one time, for the one time, for the just newly found first degree Black Belt. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh yeah, gosh. for sure. For sure. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, this is this is great. Um, Katie, you know, we're um we're glad to have you. Now, are you are you uh still out there at school right now in Richmond over at, um in in, col in college land and university land? Yep, I'm in university land. I go to school at VCU. Okay, Virginia yeah, I'm at Virginia Wealth. Yeah, Virginia Commonwealth University. Yeah, I know where that is. Mm -hmm. I know that yeah. is. That's a that's a long ride. That's about like what about like a like an hour and a half with traffic. With it's traffic, not that bad. yeah, but like hour and a half around that area. Nice, nice. Well, ladies, I want to say um, first and foremost, thank you for uh, joining me in this forum. This is really cool. Um, and, you know, we're just going to get right to it. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, when they think automatically about martial arts, they automatically think of the one thing. And that's like, you know, oh, it's the black belt. It's always about the black belt. But uh, and that's true to an extent, because, you know, when you initially join any martial art, no matter the discipline, no matter what country of origin it is, um, everybody's always thinking about that black belt or black belt equivalency. It's the one thing that they're just like, oh man, you know, that black belt is awesome. That's cool. That means that you know a lot of things and, you know, mind my French, but that means that you can go ahead and fight and kick ass and do whatever you want to these people because, you know, you know, that, and that way they can't just rob you or, or, or mess with you or anything and you can jack them up and whatever. No, no, ladies and gentlemen, although it, it is a goal, to uh, attain a black belt um people don't realize you know that there is a journey and there is a quest you know for that because it's it's a long road you know what i mean it is definitely a long road i would say that uh, for you know in this i'll give an analogy uh going for your black belt is like literally saying that you started from the most east coast uh point of like the United States. Let's say you're starting in from the good old state of Maryland and you're driving all the way down to the West Coast, all the way to, you know, sunny California. That's literally the long voyage of like what it's like to actually be a martial artist, you know, because, you know, along the way, there are going to be some challenges and there's just going to be some things where you're going to have to know things and be accountable for your stuff and that does happen um but a lot of people to understand like you know how we got there and how you know it was challenging and what it took and what we did and so forth and i just want to clear the air out tonight to everyone that although um you know it is a great goal and a great achievement to try to pursue um it's not always going to be easy it can be for certain situations and we will get into that but the the quest is is a long one and it can be difficult you know but it's up to the individual to really accept that challenge and to say you know what if this is what it is give me the keys let me start the car let me start driving so ladies, I mean, you know, we are all black belts, you know, um, some new to the club, some that, you know, has been there for a long time and has been training for a long time. And 
some that has been training for a long time and decided, you know what, I'm going to take a little extensive vacation and come back when I feel like it. So, you know, guilty as charged here, you know, hashtag not going to lie. Um, so that being said, um, let's start out with this, uh, the journey to the road to black belt. It, it, is it easy? Like many people think that it is. Or do they actually have it a little bit mixed up? I'm going to go ahead and start with our, our senior right here, Coach Tiffany. Um, why don't you, because you are a woman with great infinite wisdom and a very respectable rank. So we want to, we want to know your, uh, we want to know your opinions on this matter. Um, I think personally for like uh, Katie and I, because we train at the same school. I like how you said it's like getting in a car and driving from the East Coast to the West Coast. I don't I don't want to speak for Katie, but for me, it felt like we weren't in the car. We we took the long walk to the West Coast. Like, okay, it was not a car ride. And it's one of those things where, you know, each system, each school is different. Um, True. When you're going through it, it's like, man, when is it going to come? When is it going to happen? And then we learn to stop looking at that calendar, stop looking at that clock and just let it naturally happen. Um and it's just one of those things, like when it happens, it's, it's going to happen and you're going to be ready for it no matter what. But yeah, it, our school is not the type of school where, you know, you sign up and it's like four years out, you get a black belt. It's like everything in our school, like is earned. And we want to make sure that you are absolutely prepared, you know, just not physically, but emotionally and mentally prepared what that black belt means. Because I mean, yeah, it's just a piece of cloth, you know, around your waist. That's what some people think about it. But it's like, sure. nobody yeah. sees the, you know, the blood, the sweat, the tears, the the failures, picking yourself up, dusting yourself off and getting back into it. Pe people really don't see that part unless they're in there training with you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think for me, it's, it was definitely, it wasn't a car ride. It was definitely a long walk. Like Kane and Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> Cheyenne, um, you're, you're, you're being very uh, quiet with the good old Bulbasaur behind you. So um, why don't you uh, elaborate with us and uh, share a little light on the subject of what you think? Well, the question as it was phrased is, uh, is it hard to start the journey to become a black belt? And I would say no. Starting the journey is the most fun, easy thing you could start to pick up because it's something new. You know, you get in there, you put on your white belt for the first time, you have a few rounds. After that second week, maybe you start like thinking, okay, you know, is this workout like, you know, something I want to keep doing? Is it something like, you know, I'm still into? And right. then you get into the relationship with the martial art where you're overcoming more of yourself you find things in the journey you love you find things in the journey that you don't like and it gets hard it does and even if you do the same journey well similar journey with your peers in the classroom they won't always see the things that you individually have to overcome to become a black belt nice i like that i like that and the newly crowned black belt katie parker uh what what are your opinions ma'am i feel like Definitely what Coach Tiffany was saying about how it was a walk, but then I feel like it was also a walk with like a twisted ankle. <laughs> like, it's been, you know, like you're limping halfway through it. And then by the time you get there, it's like you have scar tissue 
and it, it's you've gone through shit to get where you are yeah. and a lot of people don't see that and there's I've had multiple people when I tell them that I practice karate they're like oh cool like I practice karate I have a black belt and I'm like awesome how long have you been training and they're like two years and I'm like okay okay <laughs> I was like good good for you <laughs> for you yeah that's great yeah yeah and so <laughs> but then I'm I'll just I'll I'll leave it at that for them and um good for them but I that's not the way I practice martial arts the way I practice is serious and a lot of people don't get that but yeah right on um I'm going to go ahead and take a slight little detour but we're still going to be in the same realm um the story for me was that uh and this is just how you know I kind of started you know um you know, back in the day, um, you know, I used to get like really picked on a lot and I just would never know what the reason was. Um, my my best friend and a fellow black belt and a person, uh, you know, in, in our school, the person who um, who made history by being our first men's grand champion for men's sparring back in 2001 basically said it best that the reason why that they're picking on you is because you're different. You know, you're not the same kind of person that everyone else is. How do I even dare say that, you know, maybe it could be a race thing. And plus, you know, you're a little bit different because, you know, you're actually a nice guy. You know, you come from a very good upbringing. Um, some dudes over here um, are not like that. And I would remember every time getting off that bus getting my ass kicked every single time i'm talking about like you know uh, i'm i'm collecting more black eyes and bloody noses more than you know than the irs is giving you a refund that that's how serious it was you know and it went to a point where my friend at the time he saw me get beat up like and this was like the last straw for him and he saw four dudes beating me up for no reason one guy actually took like a metal trash can and threw it at my face and i'm like oh man like I, I, you know when you're thinking the kid logic you're like thinking is this the it you know is this it is this the end is this is this where you know i walk into the white light because i don't know what's happening and soon enough my best friend comes over and out of nowhere i don't know what the hell he was doing at the time like i i, I was just like thinking oh he's doing these things that he sees on you know on tv but this guy was literally taking care of business, beating up these four guys and, you know, and just doing like these things that I'd never seen before. He was moving. He didn't get hit. He was throwing kicks. He was blocking, um, you know, other people's kicks and punches and literally like folding up two dudes at a time and throwing them into the area where the garbage can was. And I remember when that whole fight was over he picked me up and he was like, Hey, are you all right? And I'm just like crying. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you know, like what the hell is happening? I can't believe it. So all of a sudden, you know, he's walking me over um, to, you know, my house. Cause he lives about one house away. And then his dad comes over in a pickup truck and he's like, what the hell happened? And he's like, dad, he got beat up again. We got to do something. Cause you know um, you know, this is not cool. And you know, I'm not having it. You know, I don't want my friend to, you know, to get beat up anymore. I don't want him to get harmed up. So we actually arrive over to my house. My mom is very upset. 
and she's pissed off. And if you ever meet a stereotypical Vietnamese woman, they speak with a lot of emotion and they have a short fuse and they want to know what's going on. So my dad's friend, or I should say, yeah, my friend's dad, I'm sorry. My friend's dad talks to my mom for about a good hour in the kitchen. And the only thing that he says is, um, Amos, go outside with Kim and play for a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and talk to his mom. Next thing you know, he walks out and, you know, he call, he checks up on me. He's like, Kim, are you all right? I'm like, yes, sir. I'm cool. Okay. Uh, do me a favor. We're going to go somewhere. Meet me at the house in about five minutes. Wear something comfortable. And I don't, I don't know what that meant. I thought that we were going to go over and play like basketball or something like that. And, you know, um, you know, I hop into his truck and I'm like thinking, okay, we're going wherever we're going. I'm dressed comfortably. I don't care. So let's do it. And we're driving around. Five minutes later, we go over to the shopping center and we, and I walk up and I'm like, karate. Hmm. What is this all about? And then I see my best friend who just like, you know, was with me at the time. I'm just like, what is this place? Oh, you didn't know? I'm like, no, what is this? This is my dad's karate school. Wow. And next thing you know, um, you know, I, I, I stuck with it ever since, you know, that was the, that was the school that I went to that was home. You know, there were maybe a couple of times during my life that, you know, I had separated myself from the karate school and I quit. And then all of a sudden I came back, but I always stuck with that school because, you know, I knew that was, that was home for me. And I felt comfortable. I felt safe. I, I, I felt like everybody that I trained with was, was a part of a, a family. You know, it was not, there were like more than just friends. They were family. And I felt like at that point, that to me, I knew that's when I got hooked. And I knew for me that um, the voyage had began. Now, obviously at the time, you know, I couldn't drive a, I couldn't drive a car. So you can just say that somebody just gave me like a BMX bike and said, here you go, kid, start pedaling for the West coast. So <laughs> that, that to me was like how I knew that was my start in the beginning. Uh, during that time, I want to say though, that the journey to the black belt, um, it's not easy as many people think, because, you know, when you're training and you're starting from like, let's say a white belt, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to be responsible for. You got to learn your new material. You got to make sure that everything is correct. You got to make sure that you're doing it right. You understand certain timing of like, you know, certain things in forms and you got to do um, other things. Um, Taekwondo related, like, you know, if you uh, have like a thing called one step sparring, you got to know that pretty good and so forth. Everything had to be like together, you know what I mean? And where I came from with our school, it was no nonsense. I mean, you could actually go ahead and go to class every single day and go for more than two classes and that's fine. But if you didn't know your stuff, you know, you know, teacher was going to be like, no, you, you're not tested. You know, you haven't proved anything. You didn't, you know, you went to all these days and that's great. But if you're not reciprocating what's up there in the hard drive and, you know, you're not showing me the files, I'm not going to let you test, you know? And, and that was real. That was really real. Now, the question I have for all y'all is, um, what was your voyage like for you, like specifically speaking? And I'm going to go ahead and start with Katie first. What was your, what was your voyage like? Mm. Well, when 
I started karate, I started in 2010 and I was in elementary school. So I started fairly young and I started karate because I wanted something that my brother hadn't done yet. Because oh. my younger brother is really athletic. He's still really athletic and he was doing all of the sports and I was like, okay, why are you doing all the sports I'm doing? I want something for my own. Right. And so there was like an after school program and I was like, this looks pretty interesting. And then I got really into it. And my young brother ended up actually joining karate, but he's um, taking a break right now. But by the time he did, I was like, you know what, we'll share this. I've matured a little bit since then. But I joined Abspite but I definitely stayed because I, like you were saying, it stuck. It did create like a family atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like after I joined um, with Coach Tiffany and Coach Tiffany started teaching me, that was when I definitely felt the community and felt the family. And I knew this is going to be my thing, whether my brother's there or not whether I have like a hate or love relationship with it, like it's always going to be there. Right. And I, I feel like it wasn't until I was an intermediate or advanced belt when things started getting difficult for me because when I was towards the end of intermediate, like purple belt and moving into blue belt, I was getting in, I was like in middle school, high school area going into advanced belt. And okay. so I needed to time manage everything and there were so many things going on. I was hit with coursework. I was, I was hit with extracurriculars and all these things I needed to do, you know, prepping for SATs in the future. And so I needed to choose and I needed to like find my priorities. And I was like, you know, there's many things I'm going to have to do. And even and, but I knew karate was going to have to be one of them because it was my like safe place. It was my thing that um, I could always like lean back on. And then, yeah. and then I, <laughs> when I, I, there was actually a moment in time when I was a red belt and I was thinking about testing for red, black stripe. And I was like, you know, maybe, it's not time yet. And I was self like reflecting and I knew that that wasn't my time to be promoted. Um, and then I got injured really badly. I tore a ligament in my toe and it kind of put me on the sidelines and I was in a boot for a really long time. And it was like disastrous because I was watching everybody from the sidelines and I feel like I didn't want to quit then, but it was just extremely difficult to just stand, like sit there. I couldn't stand to just sit there and watch everybody. Um, but I still like paid attention and, but it pushed my journey, like my, it extended my journey. That's what I meant by like limping through the walk. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then I, after I got my boot off, I was preparing for red, black stripe and COVID happened. <laughs> and 
And so my journey was further extended and I, that was, it was just a trip. And I had to take, I had to do my red black stripe exam in my high school parking lot, which was a fun time, but it was just, it was difficult for me because it wasn't what I was used to. And I, but at this point I learned to be adaptable, but it just, even being adaptable and well-disciplined, it was still something hard for me to wrap my head around. And then I got my black belt really, really recently, August 6th, but even then I had to do it over summer camp that we have. And so it wasn't what I was expecting or I probably was envisioning, you know, as a blue belt thinking, oh, I can't wait for me to get my black belt and it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to do this and this and this at my black belt exam. It was completely flipped on its head and it didn't go at all like planned. But in the end, I'm just glad that it happened and I'm glad that, you know, I had that, I didn't, I don't like to think of black belt as my destination, but I think it was a giant goal because I'm still going to be practicing martial arts. Right. It felt almost self validating, like all my hard work and all the time I put into this 11 years worth, um, finally, you know, came to head. So that was my voyage. Nice. Cheyenne, same question. What was the voyage like for you, ma'am? Oh, gosh. I need a second after that last one. I mean, can we just give another applause for the, the recent yeah, okay. graduate here? One time for the one time. Absolutely. That's a heck of a journey. Oh, God. Um, so I guess uh, I'll start from the beginning, too. Um, so I had grown up in a household where uh, you know, my dad, my mom were constantly telling me about their past uh, martial arts adventures, right. all the cool people they had met, um, how the martial arts scene was. I mean, as a kid, I was watching the Taibo Billy Blank videos. Yes. Trying to do a sidekick. Yes. Yes. So, if you got the will, then you got the way. That's Taibo. I wanted to do it for so long, and then. Um, you know, life happens, uh, stuff never really got around to it until after I uh, got out of like college. So I, um, I had just gotten back to my hometown and uh, my instructor, um, Keith Elkins was just around the way uh, with, his, uh, with his dojo. And it had come to that point where I'd been begging my mom for months, finally went in, got to, you know, talk to him, sign the paperwork and like, okay, here you go classes in session here we go all right um it was it was an interesting journey there um it took four years total a little over four years total uh to reach black belt but there were there were some points along the way especially intermediate belts where i was like okay uh i need to either uh, go over this again or try and retest or oh you know some of these techniques you know i never knew my body could move that way like it's it's gonna take a long time just to get that down lots of practice lots of repetition um and 
I mean, what can I say? That personal journey of uh, of overcoming myself. I mean, that's that's just core to part of the journey. It's it's uh, something that's cyclic. Uh, you know, you get over one thing, you meet the next big wall, and you find along the way more and more confidence that yeah, this wall may look a little bit different, but I'm gonna tear it the fuck down. Nice. <laughs> Put it in my swear jar. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's again like like Katie said, it's not the end goal, but it getting to black belt helped establish what that relationship with martial arts is, and knowing that I had that introduction, that whole phase to kind of let it into my life has changed it forever. Right on, right on, and I I definitely will have to say that. Uh, I was actually there for that black belt test, but we're going to get into that portion a little bit later on. Coach Tiffany, uh, you're, you've been so silent with you and your uh, comfortable gaming chair and your uh, Wave Master Double XL behind you. I, I think I think we you, I think you need to speak on this, ma'am. Get let, lay us a l- little something something here for the one time. Um. My journey is a little different. Like I'm the youngest of six. So my siblings were all athletic, like we're all athletic and that's just what we did. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like a Bruce Lee movie or a different type of martial arts movie. And like my eyeballs lit up and I was like, I want to do that. And my parents were like, hell no, you're not doing that. Like you're going to be injured. Like, we're going to have to take you to the hospital. You're not doing that. Like go outside and play ball or something. And as a kid that, you know, grew up in DC, um, you know, it was like basketball, football. It was the things that were the sports that were expected. Right. That, you know, a city kid would play, which is fine. And it was, it was fine. So when it was time for me to go to school, I went to Old Dominion University. When it was time for me to go to school, you know, they had karate as a PE course. So okay. I'm like thinking, oh, I'm gonna get around my parents and I'm gonna take a, a martial arts class for credit. And they can't get mad at me because it's for credit. So I was like, okay, I, I can finally do it and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, the, the so, good old technical loophole. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, thank you. So I started out, actually the first system that I started with was Shotokan. Okay. And I did that for three and a half years and training, I did get injuries and it, you know, prolonged the journey, which is perfectly fine. Cause I, you know, I think after a while you learn that it's not a race and it's going to happen when it's going to happen, if you're consistent and stuff like that. So, right, right. But the thing that got to me was I graduated and I wasn't able to complete that Shotokan journey. Oh, how I got with Kaizen, I think it was by fate because I moved back home to DC and I was looking for martial arts schools up here, like around the area, but I wanted a traditional Shotokan school. And for some reason, I no no offense, but I felt like it was like Taekwondo here, Taekwondo there, Taekwondo. And I was like, I don't want to train in Taekwondo. Like I just don't want to do it. I want Shotokan. So I kind of stopped for a little while. And then I ended up getting a job at a YMCA as a personal trainer. And my um, profile picture was me as a blue belt. And I was doing this sidekick pose and holding it out there. 
And the owner of Kaizen Karate, the head instructor, he was a member at that Y. And he just so happened to walk past the board, looked at it, walked backwards and was like, hmm. So he ran into me at the Y, like we were working out and we had associate friends. So we kind of knew each other. Mm-hmm, and he was like, hey, are you still training? And I'm like, actually, I'm looking for a school to train at. And he like perked up his chest and everything. He's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, you know, I trained in this system. I got up to a third degree um, brown belt. So I was right before, you know, black belt was supposed to happen. Right. And I had to stop because I graduated and I was trying to find a school. He was like, well, if you're interested, come by. He gave me the information. I never called him back. I never went <laughs> for the class. I was like, this, you're teaching a whole nother system I don't want to learn. And like, I talked to him some more. He's like, I'm going to teach you the nuances and you're going to be fine. He was like, what is your ultimate goal? And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, become a black belt and I want to teach. And he purpose chess again, like, really? And I'm like, why does he keep doing this? Like, what is this guy thinking? He's like, come to class, come to class. And I'm like, I'm not coming to class. I went to class one night. And I remember what you guys were saying about a family atmosphere, because I went to other schools and it was like I had a target on my back. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, sometimes you walked in and you could just see people chomping at the bit like, oh, fresh meat. When I went into Kaizen, it was like a family atmosphere. It was like, you know, the people that were in that class, they were going to take care of you. It didn't matter, you know, age, rank, race. It didn't, it didn't matter. It was like, hey, you're a new person. Let's get you in here. Da, 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 da. Right. It was all, it was all love. Absolutely. So what ended up happening is um, I started training again in probably 2010. And I was thinking I wanted to start as from a white belt. And I got into class and, you know, my Shotokan school, we didn't have protective gear. Like you hit flesh. Yep. Yep. And so we were sparring and I'm trying to go after the person and like Braun steps in. He's like, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You're going to kill somebody. I'm like, <laughs> what did I do wrong? My bad. He's like, we got to get you protective gear. I was like, protective gear. What the heck is well, that? Protective gear, sparring gear. What, what yeah, is this? Right, sparring gear. <laughs> so I got sparring gear and I'm walking like 20 pounds heavier. I'm like, what is this? I can't move. I don't know what this is. It was like the worst experience ever. And anybody who trains in Shotokan, you know, you have those traditionally low stances and low guards and whatnot. So I got hit a lot because I wasn't used to the boxing style free sparring that our school, you know, is big on. Like we are a fighting type school. So I, I wasn't really used to that. I learned quickly how to keep my hands up. But like you were saying, yeah. you know, earlier, we had different katas at the time and it was reprogramming the mind to learn those katas and kind of not forget everything that I learned in Shotokan, just kind of put it on the shelf for a little bit. Right. And retrain the brain as like, okay, this is how they want it. And at the same time, I was starting to teach. Um, So I'm like, I absolutely have to learn this stuff because I'm starting to teach kids. And if I'm doing the wrong thing, they're going to do the wrong thing. So it was like, you know, trading at home, missing time with family. And then in 2012, I actually tested for black belt. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. And I just learned so much from it. And yeah, you know, you, you get there and it's like, yes. And then for me being an instructor, you train other students and Katie is actually one of my students. She was my third black belt. And it's like, 
you you went through that journey and you know what it was like to get that black belt and now you're bringing someone else to the system and you know that they're going through the exact same thing maybe not exact to the point but it's like they're going through the same stuff the same crap that you went through all the beatings that you took and people mm. helping you get back up and ice packs at home like you realize and it's like yeah yeah so yeah so now what i'm doing is i'm actually training in shotokan again i'm actually it's funny because i'm a yellow belt and i am enjoying the process like right but you said, you said previously stuff. though you said previously though that yeah. when you did take it you were at like a brown belt level but right. um did you why, why why did you um why did you step back and just start over again like what what was the, the um the thought process on that it was my choice i had a choice to do rank recognition okay and which was fine i i to me that was too easy i could have taken that easy way and just been like yeah i'm a brown belt with three stripes with this school system you know get the red get the black and okay but i'm like you know i tell my students all the time if i could go back to one belt it's always white belt because i feel like that is your base foundation that's when you learn the most yeah and i was like you know what i i don't want to start there i have i remember some things but because the shotokan and tong sudo like it's different, different. They're, they're definitely different yeah and i was like you know what i kind of just want to start over i want to be a student again because i teach so much and just to be a student and just go through that process again like it's annoying it's frustrating at times but i'm i'm having so much fun with it it's like oh yeah, it's that responsibility coach let's be real about it yeah <laughs> it's, it's less responsibility <laughs> but yeah but it's 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 like yeah i i'm enjoying it again so you know nice. my shotokan journey has restarted which is awesome for me so nice now let's segue a little bit well let's uh you know uh fast forward it you know everybody started you know somewhere you know probably white belt, you know, depending on, you know, unless you're in a, a new system where you're like, well, we don't really believe in, in belts, but uh, we're going to start you out with this coin. This is your rank. You are this coin with like one star. I'm like, what am I a Dallas Cowboy fan? What the hell? No, mm -mm, not, not having that. So we're, we're basically all white belts. We're getting to that point. All right. Now it's literally basically the next thing is the black belt. What I mean, and I'm going, to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start. I'm going to start this out, um, and everybody can follow suit. Um, <clears throat> when I became first brown, I knew right then and there, uh, you know, going to uh, insert curse words. Um, here is a quarter for the swear jar. There you go. I knew the shit was going to hit the fan because you know, you know, because when you get to that certain point in the martial arts and you're training, there's only one belt left, you know, and it's like right there in front of your face. This is something that, you know, many students have worked, uh, you know, their uh, martial arts career and their lives to, to, to get to. And it's, you know, it's like that saying goes, you know, um, black belts earned. It's never given. And if it was given to you, you, it's either one of two reasons. Either you caught it on a very good sale at your local uh, martial arts uh, store 
online, whether it be Asian world of martial arts or century martial arts or whatever, or, um, you know, you just have a, a real ratty instructor that, you know, is just in the business of selling belts, not selling quality martial arts. They're just selling belts. And I knew at that point, um, because I was friends uh, with my grandmaster's uh, sons, both of them. And I was like, oh, crap. And uh, I remember as soon as I got my first brown, um, and I remember this vividly because it was a Saturday night, and my uh, grandmaster's son called me up. And, you know, it's a weird generation gap because, you know, he is uh, 17 years old at the time, and he is uh, uh, basically just got his third degree black belt. And he's like, so what you doing? I'm like, nothing. Uh, it's a Saturday. I got nothing going on. Let's go ahead and hang out over at TGI Fridays. I'm like, okay, cool. Now this is rare because, you know, um, I, you know, we, we do hang out a lot, but we never really do a lot of like, you know, the eating out thing. It's either like we're going to the movies or we're just uh, watching some sports on TV or something, but it was never this. So <clears throat> we go to Fridays. And then we have that talk and I'm just like, oh shit, because you know, it's going to happen. He's like, Kim, I'm going to have to talk to you about something. And at first I thought he, he was going to tell me about that. His grades were slipping, you know, cause he's a senior in high school or just, you know, he wanted to ask about something that, you know, only I knew and he didn't, but he was like, man, you know, you just got that first round. I'm like, yeah, I, I know, I know this. Yes, sir. So, you know what this means? I'm like, uh, I kind of do. All right. Well, tell me, what does that mean? He's like, well, that means that the black belt's coming up. Well, that's a part of it. But, you know, now it's going to be a point where now you're really going to be changing. You know, the transformation of, you know, that student to now a more of an accomplished student, a mature student is now going to take place. You know, now you have to be ready and get yourself you know, in gear and get everything on point because at this point now you have entered the point of no return. And, you know, I got to tell you, man, cause you know, I, I look up to you like, you know, you're my older brother, hell, you know, you've been there since I was born. So, you know, being in the martial arts now, I'm your older brother. So I got to tell you, man, cause I love you and I'm not going to, not going to sell you no bull. You know, this is going to be difficult for real. It will be difficult. And, you know, you're going to have to learn a lot of things and you're going to have to restructure everything. But I promise you, you know what I mean, that I'm not going to let you fail because I'm going to help you. I have your back. I have your back 100 percent. But you've got to be willing to put in that work, you know, because I already done did it. Matter of fact, the three stripes told you that I already did this three times, you know, so you've seen the tests and you know what's expected of you. And you know what you're going to have to do. And I'm like, yes, sir. And for an entire, I want to say, two years of preparation, it was it was go time. It really was. All the times that I had to go to class, you know, maybe more than just once, you know, going to not only my advanced class, maybe go to every other class that day, um, every Thursday night from eight to nine. Forms class, had to go to there. Every Friday night, sparring night from six to seven, 
had to go there. Saturday mornings, that one-hour class from 9 to 10, had to go to there. Sunday training. Sunday training from 8 in the morning until 1 in the afternoon just to get prepared for this because they, I knew that this test was going to basically test every fiber of your being, you know, mind, body, and soul. And I've seen it. And to now fast forwarding to the point, it is literally the day, the big day, the test day, the, 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 you know, the question that I basically had to ask about whether or not, you know, what will separate from, you know, from the men, from the boys. And I'm really sorry that I had to use that expression because I'm the only guy here, but I couldn't be further from the truth because now, you know, there's no going back. This is like uh, the equivalency of like, you know, your team just made it to the Super Bowl and it's now time to collect the championship. And I knew from the first 30 minutes, I was like, oh shit, this is, this is already going to be a problem because I knew I prepared, but I didn't realize the physicality of what it took to be prepared. And um, it's funny. Um, I was doing, what was I doing? I was doing a lot of kicking combinations. A lot of it had to do with things that you wouldn't believe. Jump round kicks, double jump round, uh, jump spinning hook. You know what I mean? Jump back kick. Certain times, you know, I was like, you know, as soon as we were done and they said, rest for a minute. I literally was like, my hands were on my knees and I'm crouching. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I can't believe it. And my partner and friend, uh, Marcus, who was testing for his third black and I, he was my partner. I remember him every time he basically went in my ear and he whispered, do not give up. Seriously, do not give up. I do not want you to be that person. Get up. I'm not going to quit on you. Don't quit on yourself. Keep going. And I knew I was like, man, if I if, if this was hell, I felt like, wow, I probably entered it because I didn't realize, you know, I was like in pain. I was fighting through the pain. I, I, you know, part of part of myself. I was like, man, do I just throw in the towel? Because this is this is hell. Like I never experienced this in my life, but I knew I felt like, OK, as soon as we were done with our kicking combinations and we were doing something else like one step sparring and the ketos and all that, I felt like, okay, good. Oh my God. The, the, we're at the halfway point. We're at the halfway point. And it was, it was amazing. Like I was flying through everything. Like it, like you wouldn't even believe. And um, fast forward to everything, everything we're done. Got my forms done all the way from the very first form as a white belt to what I needed to do. Um, as my last form to earn my first degree black belt. And it's a special uh, form. M some may know what it is. We call it low high, but people call it row high. And I remember there was a part of the thing that uh, we had to do an inside crescent kick and kick the inside of our hand. And we had to break three boards that was stacked one on top of the other with no space. And I've seen it but I never experienced it. I was like, Oh God, uh, what do I do? So I'm like, literally like kick. And I'm just like looking at my hand. I'm like, uh, please don't let me fail. Boom. Went down 100 miles per hour, broke it all. At that one point, I just kind of froze. I'm like, did I just do that? And my grandmaster was like, you want to finish the form son? I'm like, Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Finished it. Did sparring. Uh, did my final break. 
and I'll never forget it. It was a double jump front kick where the two board holders were sitting, like they were standing on chairs. And I'm like thinking, oh God, I know why they did this. Because ever since that my uh, instructor, Brian, uh, did that for his third degree black belt test, I always wanted to do that kick. And I practiced it every time because it looked cool. And I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. First time, didn't do it. I kind of miscalculated my distance. Second time, I just, I felt like it was something in there, but two steps, pop, pop, broke it. And now all I remember after that was giving this speech that probably took 15 minutes because it felt like, you know, I was like, you know, and the Oscar for best actor goes to Kim Huang. And then I'm just like, you know, thanking everybody and so forth. And I will never forget when my name was called last to get uh, promoted. Um, my uh, instructor's teacher, who basically, um, they came from the same school, but ever since their, uh, you know, teacher died, uh, this person in question, you know, was um, training my teacher. And I remember he put on, um, you know, my black belt on my waist. And I remember him saying, you know, you did a real good job, Kim. I'm really proud of you. You know, you picked a, you picked a real good school and, uh, you know, you're, you're doing great things. And, I, you know, I want you to keep at it. Don't, you know, never give up. I'm like, no, sir. Never that. Never that. And I felt like at that point, like it was great because, you know, I earned a rank that many people speak about and many people want to earn. And some of them talk about it and they try for it. And somewhere along the, the line, they just kind of threw the towel and said, you know what? Um, I'm good. You know, I got everything that I needed to get out of this. Uh, I'm good, which in some cases is like, okay. But then sometimes, you know, on the other uh, side of the coin, no, it's not fine. You didn't finish what you started. And for years after this, you're going to kick yourself in your own ass and realize I, I should have went through it. Now, I want to know about you guys at that very point, you know, going in that, you know, last belt before black. How did you prepare? What did you do? What was the test like? You know, what did you feel? How did you feel? Did you want to quit? I, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to Cheyenne first because, you know, I want I want to get her perspective. I already been there. I saw the test. I want to say I saw the test and I'm very proud of you because you did what you did and you earned your, your first degree blackout. And I'm very proud of you. I want to put that on record. But I want to know what you were thinking at the time when, you know, it's that last belt. And you had to train and get prepared and get ready. And then, you know, day of test. All right. So, uh, so at advanced brown belt for, uh, for my system, uh, Master Elkins, he teaches Kanaido karate. Um, right after I had gotten my advanced brown belt, there was another testing session coming up in, I think, a little less than three months for black belt mm. i don't know why i don't know if i just saw a sliver of a chance and i was just like yep i should go for it but i i, ca I caught him after class one day and i was like master elkins you you know me more than anyone you know um i'd really like to uh to try and see if i can go for that test here uh within the year and He's like, all right, you know, come by, 
for you know few practice sessions private sessions sometimes if you can um you know we'll see as you progress sometimes through the classes uh see where it's at as we're getting closer and see how it goes right i i don't know what lit the fire under me it just really lit it and um it was it was rough um he gave very realistic guidelines of what we needed to have done and what we needed to do a lot of the time from my red belt up i was still you know heavily engaged with the black belts of the dojo so it wasn't that it was all new to me but it was that it was more so okay this is your time to do it um i spent a lot of time preparation uh cardio dear god was one of one of my fears there for like the mile runs and and stuff um getting timing down uh trying trying to make the everything as perfect as can be trying to even eat the right things so that i could perform as best as i could right um, the techniques and the form oh my goodness so testing day you may remember it a little uh a little better than i do but um that may be because of the adrenaline at the time i don't um i went through the form the first time i think that i went through the final form i believe i uh i mind glitched i i messed up on like one or two things in there okay i was so nervous and um they actually let me go back and do it again one more time um but all i remember really was just all the i think the screaming came after the form but i don't know why i remember it during it wasn't me screaming i remember a lot of people in a room screaming <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yes, right, yeah that's that's really all that sticks the most and then um yeah that that feeling of getting through you know the second wall the third wall the fourth wall when you're like ready to collapse and you just you know push yourself through it mentally and um you know i remember afterwards you know getting the hugs seeing you know the proud face of my instructor after all that time you know all that all that practice and knowing that i've reached another milestone and that if uh, if someone you know took away that black belt, like you know the next day, I would be right back in there, just ready to put the work in again. There you go. Yeah, so. sure. Um, Katie, uh, firing this question right at you. Same thing. Uh, how did how, how did it go? What do you remember? What do you remember about the process uh, at that point when you just got that that one belt? And now we it's it's going into staring right at the black belt. What 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 did you do? How did you prepare? What what was the test like? You know, how did you feel? You know, give us give me give me your insights. The belt, the belt before black belt is when you definitely have to put your foot on the gas or you're not gonna make it. And I've seen a lot of people and I've had a lot of teammates, even at like brown belt, we call it the brown belt desert because they get stuck there. If they don't Ooh. put their foot on the gas, they'll get stuck in the desert. And Dang. I've had teammates get lost in the desert. And, um, sucks and when you get even, I'm sorry, but I have to say this. It sucks when you get trapped in that quicksand. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, 
if you don't push yourself through it, it you're going to be left behind. And sure. I feel like with Red Belt, it was like that even more, except now you're having those serious talks. And I remember the head instructor, um, when it was like around that time for get, me getting my red black stripe, he was like, let's talk, let's talk on the phone. And I'm, I was like, mm, okay, <laughs> like, okay, I know what this is. And I had to have, I had to have that talk a few different times because of the delays. And so like, he was like, the first time he was like, okay, we're going to wait for, you know, this person's going to get their black belt first and then you are. And then, um, <laughs> and then um, the injury happened. And then we had that conversation again. And then COVID happened. And then here we are in quarantine and I'm having that conversation again, except this time I'm like, I don't know when I'm gonna have this test because I'm leaving for college. And I can only imagine that, it, you know, when COVID hit and everything and, and you were at that point, I can only imagine maybe, and correct me if I'm, if I'm mistaken or if I'm wrong, but didn't you, you know, didn't you feel like some kind of frustration in some sort of sense? Oh my gosh. So much frustration, so much frustration. Right. I remember there was, it was just so much all the time. Like there was many things going on um, that was like, impacting my mental health at the time like I didn't get to have like a prom which is like I know some people don't even go my graduation was canceled and then my black belt exam was pushed back and so it was like bam 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 and oh gosh <laughs> that's fucked up keep going <laughs> I like how your swear jar is a Moscow mule mug <laughs> I'm right, and I got it for free. We're not, we're, gonna, we're not paying attention to that. I want to pay okay, attention okay. to your story. I want to, because okay. you know, this is this is this is important stuff here. This is you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was really frustrated, and there's a video out there somewhere of me. My younger brother was recording me, and I have it was in one of my dad's coffee mugs, and I'm in the driveway of my house, and I like throw it on the ground, like I needed to like vent and it just shatters everywhere and at that time that's what everything felt like everything was shattering everywhere so i'm having this conversation with the head instructor again and he was like you know why don't we get your red black stripe over quarantine and i'm like how <laughs> and so that's when we do it in the parking lot and coach t is there you know my family is there and everybody that like matters to me is there. I don't like, I didn't need many people there um, for me to get my red black stripe. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely getting to even red black stripe was like, I feel like I was pressing on the gas all the way. And then getting to black belt was like, I feel like, I had like both feet on the gas, you know right. what I'm trying to yeah. say? Like, it felt like, All right. it was like, if I was running, if I was putting 100% of my effort in before, I needed to put like 110, 120% in now. Yeah. And I was teaching over the summer and we, 
had another conversation over the phone that finalized the dates for my black belt exam. And we decided to have um, my black belt exam on a Friday of the actual summer camp because I personally, I wanted students to be there, younger students to be there, specifically younger female students to be there. Okay. I wanted them to see, you know, you can get where I am. You just have to work for it. Right. And I very distinctly remember that summer, you know, coming back from college and I was still training when I was at university. I was, you know, attending online classes and annoying, probably annoying my downstairs neighbor in the dorm room by, you know, doing burpees and stomping in my kata. And <laughs> I kicked the bed frame several times in my small cramped dorm room. So after coming back that summer and getting ready to teach um, for summer camp, I was like texting Coach Tiffany and was like, you know, let's meet up, let's work, let's let's do this and do that. And Coach Tiffany was like, okay, you have to do stuff on your own too. Like right. schedule some time to, you know, run, jumping jacks, um, work up your cardio, jump rope and stuff like that. So right. like I was getting up and going on the treadmill and it was just, you know, getting yourself like physically fit, but also like mentally fit. And I was, I was going to like my two teammates before that were um, the black belts, the two black belts before me in VA for like advice, going like Coach Tiffany for advice. Cause Coach Tiffany said this, earlier that you know they went through the same process they understand that there's a lot that you have to go through to get to black belt even if it's not exactly the same right and so like i'm doing all these things and i'm training with like some of the other advanced belts during summer camp and when the day actually comes I'm like nervous, but I feel like I have like a clarity in my head, like 10 minutes before the exam. And it's like, um, I remember Coach T telling me this, that, you know, you've already gotten your black belt and we knew it was going to happen. You know, now you're just going to get it. And so I can't remember much from my kata. That was just went straight through that, <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like it was good it wasn't like my worst kata I feel like it was actually one of my better katas um and <laughs> I went like straight through that you know talked in between talked beforehand um can't remember much from my jujitsu but that's probably a good thing <laughs> so when sparring came oh my gosh Ooh. when sparring came I got through, I got through like one fight and then I got into another fight and um, <laughs> the person I was sparring, let's just say, has a very good stiff jab. And I think combined with like residual nerves from like earlier that day and like having not eaten anything for like two days, not two days straight. I was like eating things, but in like small amounts. I couldn't really stomach anything leading up to the exam, but just those combined with a really good stiff jab, I actually like vomited a little bit in my mouth guard and my mask. Now, I don't know if you've ever sparred with like a mask on. 
it's like insanely hot, hard to breathe, and you have the mouth guard to double it. And I remember turning around like this, and everyone's like, oh my God, is she okay? And I mean, most people afterward were like, did you like have a nosebleed? But I immediately was like, coach. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we like circled around, there was like an exit and we went outside and like, and then we went to the bathroom and coach is helping me clean up. And I'm like, oh my God, that was embarrassing. And then I was like, coach, can I still fight? <laughs> and and <laughs> I, like, I still wanted to go. I was like, I'm going to finish my exam. Right, know, I got right. to this point. Right. And, and <laughs> so coach, coach B, the head instructor, he comes in like to the bathroom and uh, he's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, can I still spar? <laughs> and he was just like, why don't we do like one more fight maybe like we'll see about your two-on-one okay and I'm like okay and we get back to like the main area that we're doing the actual thing in and everyone's like oh yeah she's good and I'm like yeah I'm good and nice, nice. <laughs> I have one more fight but I'm still feeling like woozy I guess and and Coach V, he's like, okay, that's it. And I'm like, I wanted to fight. Like, I just, I wanted to get it out of my system. I really wanted to, like, feel like I, like, earned it. But then I feel like at the same time reflecting back, I know that I, I definitely did. And I remember my dad telling me afterward, he was like, why does it feel like the universe just didn't want you to get your black belt? because <laughs> everything just I felt like was like bam you know bam like right. we're gonna like it's, it was trying to stop me and I just felt like I couldn't let it and I feel like that was part of the journey itself like not letting the obstacles um stop you you know even if they slow you down a bit yeah and so yeah that was what my experience was like Coach Tiffany, let's have it. What's going on? What, what are you thinking, sister? I mean, in, in our school, like red stripe is the belt right before black. And okay. it was a thing where there's only one red stripe in the entire school. Like we're not a huge school, um, but there was only one red stripe in the school. And when you got that red stripe, you knew you were next. You were on deck. Right. And with our black belt exams, it's the same thing. Like it's, we have individual black belt exams and they're not like set dates per se, like on the calendar and stuff like that. Like it's mm -hmm. something that you talk to the head instructor about and you know, you guys work out a date and then that's your date and that's what you're working up to. So it's like, I got my butt whooped in an adult class one night. Like, I swear, I probably got whooped by the white belts. I don't know what happened, what was going on. Like, I felt like people were just, it was like the Matrix. People were like falling out of light fixtures, attacking me and stuff like that. It was just nuts. <laughs> and it, it was one day, I, I remember it because I, I was just getting over a cold. So I'm going into the class. Coach V is smiling at me. He was like, Tiff. It's time. And I'm like, time for uh -oh. what? what does that even mean? Like, that's ominous. And he was like, oh yeah. So, you know, we're we're gonna work on some things. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So he was like, put your sparring gear on. I'm like, oh, 
you know, so put my sparring gear on, have single fights, and then I have two on ones. And then I swear they made a circle. And I swear everyone just whooped me. And I remember one of our coaches, he doesn't teach with us anymore, Coach Jay. I can't remember what system he was from, but he was a damn good black belt and he was a damn good fighter. And he was the one that like picked me up like a sack of potatoes, was like, come on, Coach Tiff, we got a little bit more to go. Don't quit. Like, let's do this. Let's get some water. Like, get your, you know. And it was like, I needed that. Like, I needed that one person that would just be like, all right, let's go. Like, you're almost there. Let's get it. And this wasn't even a black belt exam. This was like a regular adult class. I see. So like when I finally got my date, it was a lot of practice with just the black belts that our black belt instructors pretty much. Um, I'm actually the third student to get promoted in Kaizen. So at that time, it was only black belts to fight. It, it wasn't like, you know, I had a lot of underbelts to fight that was like my level. Um, so black belts that you had to fight. Right, for my exam, and I was, I believe I was the last exam that had black belts for sparring yeah. partners. Like <laughs> after the fourth person and up to Katie, like you have to fight underbelts. You were not allowed to fight black belts anymore, but I was the third one and it was like, you, you had to do what you had to do. So it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with the head instructor, other black belts doing jujitsu moves that we didn't practice in class so it's like yo what, oh my gosh like i can really snap a bone doing this like it was mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. some secretive like backyard stuff it was it was awesome. <laughs> secretive backyard. yeah i'm pretty like it was like yo we're gonna go to this alley or like meet in the park and like we're just gonna get it done and i'm pretty sure people walking past us they're like what in the hell is going on do we need to call the cops like she's there with like these dudes and this is looking sketchy it was pretty sketchy, but it was like, okay, yeah, it, it was cool. Nice. Like Katie, leading up to the exam, I didn't have an appetite. I knew I had to put something on my stomach. And I think at the time, because we get to design our own black belt exams, we have specific things that we have to do on our exams. But in terms of like how it's supposed to flow, we, we pretty much designed our own exam. So mm. I started off with techniques, like Coach V called the techniques, he called the combinations, making sure that I can perform everything. Mm -hmm. I want to say that I probably did jujitsu next and I ended up kicking my uke in the face. Like it was a move where I was doing, <laughs> and he didn't fall fast enough and he had a nose ring. And as I watched, Ooh. I rewatched the video and you just heard that loud pop to the face. And like, who was the person who had the nose ring? Oh, yeah. Yeah, who, they have a nose ring. Who, who, <laughs> who was that person in question? We're going to put that person on blast. Yeah, I'm not going to call any names. Uh, okay. You, but uh, Is this person tattooed? Yeah, took it like a champ. Like, literally just kicked them, ball of the foot, dead in the face, like, oh, at the nose. And they get up, and there's, like, blood. <laughs> And they're wiping it off, and Coach Jesus looks over the table. He's like, well, it wouldn't be a black belt exam if there wasn't blood. I'm like, oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, pro tip, if you are pierced, meaning you got a facial piercing or you got earrings of any sorts, if you, have, if you better take them off, like, for take real. And, like, the only exception is that if you have your ears pierced and you wear, like, studs, that's fine. But if you wear, like, those godforsaken, like, you know, gauged earrings – the ones that drag it down and you end up looking like you got a, a 
a rectal hole of an elephant afterwards. No, son, take that stuff off. Take the pressurized, um, you know, needle nose pliers, pop them out, take them out, and go ahead and do your test. Because if you if you get caught with something or that sucker rips, yeah, it's going to be an expensive bill, you know, with the plastic surgeon to kind of sew that sucker up. Trust me, I mean. I've known a couple of people that are like, oh, no, no worries. Or like, you know, or they have like a floppy ears and they think nothing's going to happen. And the toe catches it and rips off the ear, you know, completely, you know, the earlobe. And now it's like, you know, wangling like two chopsticks. No, mm -mm. Safe. that or either fall faster. I was expecting him them to fall a little bit faster, but they didn't. And then I just, you know, all the body weights behind it, all the momentums come in, and it was like just pop right on the face. And I'm like, okay, so I killed my uke <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> like, this is not good. And I still got to do arcata and I still have to fight. So got done with all of that. I actually did the first kata that I ever learned, which was Heon Shodan. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I, I did that one because that's what started the journey off. And then I finished with the kata that we have today. And master form. The, right, master form. Um, right. And the last thing that we did was uh, sparring. Like sparring is the last thing you do. Typically you have multiple one-on-one -on -one fights and then you have a two-on-one -on -one fight. Mm. And again, about to be promoted the third black belt in the school, I had to fight black belt instructors. So I'm fighting like second, third degree Taekwondo kick specialists and like another traditional Japanese like martial artist that's like, Kicks are coming from weird angles I've never seen before. And then I had them for a two-on-one fight. And I'm just thinking, like, why in the hell did I pick these two people? Like, Stephanie, if it was easy, it wouldn't have been a test. It probably been, call it a test. But that's the thing. Like, you know, for all the fighters, like, you, you pick these people because you work with them and you work well with them and you got a nice rapport. And right. sometimes the way that I see it is that, and I told Katie this and all my um, Black belts that I've trained, you want that last fight, the last two fights, especially that last one, to be against people that are going to bring it. Like your hardest fight. Your last fight needs to be that hardest fight. Like yeah. it doesn't matter if you're getting scored on or if you're the one that's doing the hit and then you're scoring. It didn't matter because you're going to go, you want to go out on top. And then fighting's over, wiping the sweat off, trying to drink the water. My hand is shaking, water spilling everywhere. I'm like, you know what? F the water. I'm just going to sit on the floor and get my feedback. And then, you know, like you said, at the end, you know, Coach V tied my black belt around my waist. And it was like, after all these years, like, finally. And he gives you that hug. And then you get to bow out with the black belts. And at that time, I had a, a couple of my students that actually came up from Virginia that watched my exam. And then they just ran over to me. And it was like a dog pile like of hugs. And it was like, guys, this is what you can get to if you keep going. And yeah. it was very special for me that, you know, my family was there. My wife's mom came up from like Alabama. Like my students were there. It was a big, big, big thing. Right. And it was like after that, I'm like, yeah, guys, let's go eat. Let's go drink. Let's, <laughs> let's go do the thing. Like, the portion of the test, the after party. Absolutely. Wow, ladies, this is this is great that you know we're hearing a lot, you know, the stories and so forth. But here's 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 a big one for you guys, and I, I really want you to digest on this one. Is that as soon as you knew that you passed 
and you um, earned that that black belt. What what came like what epiphany came to your mind? What what did you what did you learn about yourself that you probably didn't know before, or what did you learn about yourself like after the fact of the test? Now I want you to digest this, that thought for a second because I know it's you know it can be general. Um, it can go from a lot of different areas. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll start it off first so that y'all can think about it. And I think that the best, the best thing that, um, the best answer that I could provide is that when I got promoted to my first degree black belt and I, and I saw that, I, I kind of felt like I realized what just happened because I was basically, I faced my biggest fears in the middle of that floor. And it was like, literally, I, I just, I just go back from the moment when I first started martial arts to that point. And I, and I, and I realized like, man, you know, like I said before, I, I just did something that, you know, a few, a lot of people talk about and a very few have the courage to do. And I, and I have this black belt, like right there on my waist, you know, which was once a first brown belt, now a first degree black belt. And I'm thinking to myself, there was a lot of time that I dedicated myself to this and I knew I wanted it so bad. And I realized with, with all the time that it took to get there and, um, all the training that I got with all my instructors and all the love and support that I got from not only my fellow students, but, you know, my fellow black belts, I felt like, wow, you know, I really did it. And, you know, it taught me that, you know, if you really do put your mind into something, um, anything and everything is possible, but you have to be willing to, to put in that work and to put in that time. Because, you know, there are no shortcuts into earning this black belt. There, there, it's, 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 it's impossible. It, you could say that maybe, you know, maybe if you attend all the classes that you can and really work hard every day to get ready to that point, um, that's a good catalyst. And I could say that, you know, with the... Uh, you know, a lot of uh, confidence because I was that person because I was hungry to really test and to get ready. And I wanted to do anything and everything I could humanly possible to get prepared for this. Even if that meant, you know, um, sacrificing time to hang out with my regular friends and I couldn't go to a local concert in downtown Baltimore or go to a local concert in, in, um, you know, either in, in McLean, Virginia, or over in Vienna, or whatever, you know, or Falls Church over at, you know, State Theater, you know, I, I, I knew at this point, you know, I had to get ready. And I knew that uh, it was worth it, because if it wasn't for all that hard work, all that sweat equity, all the blood, sweat and tears, to get to that point, it would have been damn near impossible to earn that first degree black belt. And I feel like, you know, if I could do it, I know everybody else can do it. 
And I think that, you know, I'm a big advocate on that, even to, you know, the next generation, I, I really want to tell them like, you know what, it's not hard guys. You just got to put in the time and the work and, and the rest will follow. But, you know, the main question is, is that do you really have number one, the discipline, because as everybody in the martial arts know, it is the art of self-discipline. You discipline yourself. You want to get there. You know, of course, there's going to be instructors and teachers that will help you. God bless them. But at the end of the day, you are responsible for your own training, you know, and if you don't do it for yourself, then your quality of training and your quality of martial arts suffers. And that that's harsh. That's really harsh. That's like saying all of a sudden, hey, I did all the work. Now I can slack off. No. Fuck that. You can't slack off. There, there's, you slack off, you slip off one step and, and get off point, you know, that, that might be the beginning of the end. And you don't want to, to, to put yourself in that position. And that's what I learned. And I felt like uh, as soon as that happened to me, a whole new level of a confidence booster opened up for me. But I knew at that point that uh, – and, and black belts will, you know, y'all can agree with me on this, whether, you know, I don't know, but uh, that black belt at that point meant, okay, it's a new beginning. So I automatically saw the black and it changed back to white. I'm like, all right, new level, new challenges. Where are we going? And, uh, you know, uh, soon enough, that first degree black belt came a second stripe. Got the, got the, finally got the little stitching on it and everything. I saw my name in English and on the other side, I saw my name in Korean. And you know what? I have it on good authority to believe that, you know, for, uh, before the end of the year, there's going to be that third Don waiting for me, but you know, I got it, you know, I got to put in that work, you know, you know, as soon as this thing is done, you know, I don't care if it's like two o'clock in the morning, 90 minutes outside, I'm, I'm going to be working on my forms. Cause you know, I mean, I got, I got it. I got to stay focused. I got to stay ready. Cause I'm at that point where like, you know, I, I realize what's at stake and you know, I don't want to be that guy. So what did you guys learn as soon as you saw that black belt on your waist, coach Tiffany, I'm going to go with you first. What did, what did, what did you get out of it? I mean, I think it was, I finally did it after the layoff and trying to find the right school. That was the right fit for me. Right. Um, and, and in our school, you know, we we don't separate the men from the women or age. Like if we if we go to if we run our own tournaments, it's a, it's a kids youth tournament. Um, okay. They're separated by age and belt level. But the girls and boys they fight together. And I am will I think forever be the smallest adult. Like I'm looking at my intermediate and my advanced classes that I teach, and the kids are bigger than I am. And it's like all right, cool. I mean, you might be bigger than me, but I can still. <laughs> Like, you know, it's one of those things. They'll do something. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's just like, you know, I remember adult classes and fighting and I'm fighting these big guys and I'm hanging with them. And, and that was one of the reasons why, you know, Coach V was like, you're ready. It was like one class that I didn't really hit someone in the mouth, but he was like, Tiff, you were just hitting everybody in the mouth. Like you didn't care who they were. It was like a kick here, punch there combination. And it was like, and he was like, that's when I knew you were ready. Should have kept your hand know, up and protect yourself at all times. <laughs> don't block with your face. 
<laughs> one of those things where it's like, you know, I feel confident that, you know, I can protect myself. But for right. me, you know, the black belt meant more responsibility. That's right. In a sense that I was the third black belt to come in our school and it was I was the first female. So with me, I always try to get younger females to do some type of sport. If they start with karate and they do something else, fine. You know, as long as you stick with the sport, you stay active, you stay healthy. Right. But, you know, I get excited when young females join or any female joins our school and they get through the ranks. And it's like, you know, I look at Katie, I'm like, Katie's kicking the crap out of the boys. Like, Katie beat their asses. Like, yes, please. Like, I'm on the inside, like, little school girl jumping up and down. But, you know, outwardly, I'm standing there like, you know, the black belt should. And like, okay, yeah, that's good. You know, use your hands some more, move around. But it, 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 it just meant for me, like, new responsibility because now I have to really, like you said, be on my game and yeah. pass on that information to the Katie's, to the people that are after Katie and whatnot. So they are not only a well-rounded martial artist inside the dojo, but outside and being leaders in the real world. That's yeah. that's the biggest thing for me. Cause I, I remember I used to want all the black belts. I'm like, I'm gonna promote hundred black belts. And then as you get, you know, older and you really start thinking, it's like, I don't want a hundred black belts. If I'm good with three or five or ten and they're quality black belts and they're very good people, right. like I'm, I'm good with that. I can stop. I can retire. I'm good. So yeah, for me, it was responsibility and, and I was okay to take on that responsibility. So now like on a side question though, um, for Kaizen karate in general, um, there are not, at least in my observation, I don't see that many, uh, black belt women, um, in Kaizen karate. It's almost like, it's like a it's almost like a handful, like a, like a sorority, you know what I mean? Where like, you know, um, and not to be sexist in any ways, but the most of the black belts that I see are, 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 are males. And I yeah, feel like, I mean, wow. yeah, martial arts is a male dominated sport. And, and, and that's why I said, you know, being the first female, having Katie being, you know, my first female black belt, mm -hmm. having these younger girls, or women just come through the system and you know they're earning rank and you can tell that confidence is coming out of them it means a lot and you know we need more leaders whether they're male or female um to just show them the way to be that candle to just be like hey you can do this you know right. to be the never too right. old to start and you know a lot of our students come to us and they're school aged they're like five years old our little ninjas are three and a half four Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they start that young, sometimes they just stick with it and it's great to see. So with our school, yeah, it's about a handful, maybe two handfuls of females, but it's like, I told Katie this, I'm like, when a female comes through the rank, it's like, finally, yes, welcome sister. Like, I love you. Like, let's do it. Kick them in the face. Like, let's do this. Like I, I get, it's, it's extra special for me when, you know, a female comes through the rank and they earn their black belt. Right. Like, I, I'm happy for the guys as well, but it's it's just something, like, when Cheyenne tested, I wasn't able to go to her exam, but I saw, like, the videos on Facebook, and it was like, my girl, like, yes, <laughs> right. you know, it's it's like, you feel that camaraderie, and you know that you went through hell to get it, yep. so it's like, yeah, after you get done with that, you rest up, like, let's go get a bite to eat, celebrate, and, you know, get back to training, I mean, that's, that's right. just what it is. 
That's right. Cheyenne, what at, at that moment, that pivotal moment that you knew that 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 black belt was around your waist. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, Cheyenne's original black belt is like literally like uh, 10 feet tall, like literally. So like, you know, I saw the instructor wrap it around like and, and the belt is still touching the floor. That's how tall that belt is. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if you ever need like, a, you know, rope for mountain climbing, that might be the length of rope that will save you. But uh as I digress, when uh, Master Elkins, uh, you know, said that you were promoted and you got that belt, like what had, you know, what was, what was the thought process for you? What, what were you thinking? What did you learn about yourself, you know, after the fact? First, okay, after Coach Tiffany's, I got flashbacks of all the camaraderie emotions. So I, I need to like, just just take a moment and say something funny. That black belt I got that day that was touching the floor, I had to train in that a few weeks, like, you know, staring yeah. at the same belt. Every time I kicked, that thing would flop me in the face, just go, Bang. I was like, oh, God, I got to tie this thing three times tight. <laughs> Worst time for me to pick the size up, I swear. Anyway. That belt was a size six. I mean, unless you like six foot one and maybe like, I don't know, like, 200 pounds i mean yeah sure you can wear that but man i was like who, who what, what cow are we catching you know who, who are we roping <laughs> right? oh. okay so <laughs> i had that black belt tied around me after the test and for me it was in our dojo the thing that uh, the motto that our instructor repeats to us from white belt all the way through is to behave like a belt, to, to behave like a black belt, to have the heart of a black belt. And so that mentality that's cultivated the whole time through, the magic that was in the black belt without having it, it was like the self-realization and actualization that like, this is the belt the magic was in me. This, this is me. I, it's not, it's not necessarily this, this is the symbol, but you can't take that away from me anymore because that's who I am. And this is who got me here and is doing all these things. Um, so it, it really was just, you know, the, the feeling of self-actualization self-realization and being able to say yeah there's all this external you know validation but my own validation you know came through to say like yeah it's okay you can you can say you're the magic that went behind it mm -hmm. right on uh to katie yeah the 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 new one the 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 new person to now be into the uh to the black belt club you know um what what it as soon as that belt was on that waist and, and you saw it, what, what, did, what, did, what did you learn? What, what, what thoughts entered your head? You know, what, what were you thinking? I think for me, it was also a self-actualization moment. I was teleported to a Monday night's class in Maryland because I did some extra training in Maryland. And the head instructor, Coach V, is um, talking to me after class. And we're talking of, about my journey and because this is like a month before my black belt exam. And he is saying, um, 
you have, you know, accomplished a lot more than you think. And at the time it, I was like nodding my head and I was like, yeah, okay, I accomplished a lot, but it didn't even like feel like it. And he was like, you're a winner, Katie. And he was like, that's where you are. And I'm just like, okay, like at the time it felt like I'll take your word for it. Like, that's what it felt like. Right. And then he's tying the belt around me. And I'm like, at that moment, I'm like, I have achieved a lot, haven't I? And it's just like, not even like the black belt wasn't the only achievement. It was everything that I did to get to my black belt without even me realizing it. Like I was pushing so hard and I was trying so hard. I didn't even realize all the things I was doing. And I turn around and I'm, I shake coach V's hand and I like hug him and I'm like, coach V I'm a winner. <laughs> and <laughs> you are. <laughs> no, no, don't doubt that for a second. You are a winner. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I am like, aren't I? And I'm like, why is this just hitting me now? And I, I like turned to coach Tiffany and I'm like teary eyed. <laughs> I, I see the students on the floor and they're all like writing in their journals. <laughs> and, and karate journals are like kind of my thing. And I, I actually like, know, I'm sorry to interject, but I, I, I can attest to that because I think I saw you at like a class one day and you were writing a lot of stuff and you were actually uh you were rapping with coach v which shout out coach v love you man we got to do sushi sometime <laughs> really soon but i remember you were actually writing notes and you were talking to coach v and you were like really um absorbing a lot like a sponge you know like all this information and just you know and and i'm just like wow like i never really thought of to do something like that but that's rad that's pretty awesome you know <laughs> Yeah, but, I have them here with me. I mean, they're not on my desk, but they're in this drawer. Yeah, I, I they definitely helped me. And I didn't just write like everything like technique wise. I didn't just write, you know, you have to fix this. You have to fix this. I put my emotion and my emotions in there too. Like right. any time, like I got beat up in class. I was like, that sucked. And like, <laughs> I write. I got, got punched really hard my head was open like the whole time and it just was horrible and it was a horrible time you know this is what I can do better and when I saw as after he put the black belt on and I saw like students writing in their journals I was like oh my gosh because I helped teach them that and I helped teach them you know these like specific nuances and they're trying their best um and they're going to accomplish a lot just like I did and right. I remember I still had to teach the week afterward and I <laughs> um when we line up to start class there was a yellow belt but she forgot her um belt that day and she seemed like she was like on the verge of tears. And I was like, it's okay. You're just going to be sitting at the end of the line today. You're going to be a white belt for the day. And I was like, I'm jealous. And I literally just got my black belt, but I wanted to have those 
accomplishments and have that journey all over again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah. So that's definitely my epiphany. Now we're going to switch it up a little bit. Um, knowing the process of what we went through, um, hearing each other's stories and so forth. Um, and knowing that, uh, you know, what we did to get there. Um, if you were able to do it again, you know, what would you have done differently if that? Um, I think for me, I feel like um, I probably would have um, worked a little bit more on my cardio. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hate running for the, for the life of me, but, you know, but I'll be running if uh, some, some dangerous dog is chasing me and I, and I have to run for my life, you know. <laughs> That's the only time that you'll catch me running. But uh, I think I would have worked a little bit more hard on my cardio. Um, a little bit better. Um, I think that um, I feel like I, I, I could have just done a little bit more in terms of technique wise. And I felt like maybe I could have just, you know, concentrated a little bit on the nuances of like, you know, certain forms and so forth. And I really, I, sh- I in hindsight, maybe I felt like I should have asked more questions because I felt like, you know, going into the test, um, I didn't really ask any questions. And I think maybe that was just me being kind of, you know, being falsely brave to just go ahead and do what I needed to do. But I feel like if I, I felt like, you know, in hindsight, if I'd asked more questions, I probably would have had a little bit more of a better understanding about what I needed to do and about, you know, what the test itself would have been like, at least that's what I feel. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to switch it out. Uh, we're going to have uh, Cheyenne answer this one question because I feel like uh, this, this might be a good challenging question. So Cheyenne, um, if you could do it all over again, would you have done something a little bit more differently in terms of your preparation? Or do you feel like uh, what you did basically served its purpose and it was meant to be exactly what it was? Um. That's tough because, you know, I definitely feel like I earned it. I feel like I, you know, it served its purpose and that like I um, I had gotten the lessons. Um, but I think if I did it over again, I would want more time so that I would have more balance between uh, the different parts. I, I really, really uh loved sparring way more than I loved doing forms and um that was that was true for a lot of people in our dojo but when you get into the history or when you get into the lessons behind the forms they're really supposed to be there to help with the sparring or the mentality of sparring that's right and in my not so distant youth I was I was like why am I doing these movements what I, I would just want to hit people why why am i doing but no i should have I, I would rather have spent a little more time um to understand that and to let it kind of flow and translate together i feel you i feel you um katie same question i mean would you i mean knowing that um you know if you went back in time you know 
to that moment, would you have done something different to prepare differently? Or do you feel like, um, it was good for what it was for and it was meant to be that way? I think it was definitely meant to be that way. There's, if I could nitpick, there would be a lot to change. There would, I would definitely work on my cardio more, even though I felt like I was working on, I feel like I could have done more. And right. I feel like at every stage, I felt like I could have done more. And I look back at old videos of myself at different belt levels and I'm like, yep, what am I doing? And, but I think that's like part of, you know, the charm of it. It's if you can look back and you're not like, wow, that's a good round kick. I mean, that I probably did a good thing <laughs> that I got better. And so I feel like I wouldn't change anything because it happened, you know, the way it happened. And I feel like every failure, everything that went wrong, everything that I could have done better was a lesson all on its own. Right. And in, I learned so much and I gained so much and I have good lessons to pass on to um, this, my own students and for future black belts. And right. if I do start a new martial arts journey, I'll be able to use those lessons again. So I don't think I would change anything. Right on. Coach Stephanie, what, what are you thinking? Uh, what is your... Uh... What is your philosophies on this matter? Um, I mean, I feel like I'm opposite of Cheyenne. Like, she likes to fight, and that's awesome. Um, I, I really didn't like the fighting aspect, in a sense, because it was point sparring. Okay. I, I like more continuous sparring, because it's, to me, it's, it's a bit more realistic, like, you know, if you hit someone, it's like, stop and go back to your side and get into right, a fighting right, stance. Right. So I, I really, the fighting was okay, but it to me, it wasn't my strongest suit, which is fine. I feel like my strongest suit was definitely the katas and whatnot, okay. or forms. Um, because I, I started over with Shotokan and I actually started training in weapons, um, what I'm doing differently is definitely stretching more. Um, you know, getting older and it's like, you know, I posted on Facebook, like either yesterday or today or something. I was like, you know, forget the full splits. I just want to wake up and not be stiff and yeah. just be able to do like, you know, functional things that, you know, human beings need to do every day. So yeah. with me, it's like, I'm stretching more. And I remember going through the Kaizen system, you know, coach V was like, Tiff, you need to stretch Tiff. And I'm a person who has naturally tight hamstrings and hips. And it's like, okay, I need to stretch. It's like, I took yoga classes to actually get ready um, for black belt and whatnot. And, and I did see improvement and stuff like that. But like you said earlier, sometimes you get to black belt and it's very easy sometimes to get complacent. And then, you know, with my students, I, I tell my students all the time, they give me challenges because I see that they're eager, ready to go. And it's like, I'm going to match that. Like, you know, you guys are challenging me to not only keep up with what I'm doing, but to be a, a better instructor. Yeah. So with, you know, with Shotokan now and Bujitsu, I'm literally stretching every night and I'm feeling better. And these kicks are just starting to sail. Like when I was 18 years old and it's like, 
oh, I, I didn't lose it. Okay, yeah, I didn't right. lose it. it's there. So yeah, for me, it would just be the stretching because again, through Kaizen, when I came through, the, the school was a bit smaller. So we would stay after class for like an hour, just rapping or just, you know, working on things and yep. me writing yep. in the journal and like, okay, I need to go practice that tomorrow. Da, 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 da. Right. Like it, it, it was a little bit easier back then, but now that our school's gotten a bit larger, it's, it's kind of hard to get that one-on-one -on -one with the coach that's not kind of rushed and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, now I'm starting to, you know, stretch every night and, you know, practice every day, even if it's like five to 15 minutes a day, if I can't get that full hour in, it's yeah. better than nothing. And that's one of the things, you know, I've been telling my students, like, hey guys, you, you train for like 15 minutes a day and you get up to like four days a week, like you're already at an hour. Like you that's gotta right. do something, so okay. yeah. That's right. Now, you know, there's probably some people right now that are listening and, you know, they're probably wondering, you know, like what, what really, where, how do you know, like, what does it take to get to that upper echelon of, you know, earning a black belt? Like what, if, so, if somebody came up and be like, you know, you know, what's the secret sauce, man? What's the, what's the, uh, what's the advice? What's the secret? What, you know, what, what would you do? What would you say to me if I, if I, if I really want to earn it? um what is what is your advice for me and you know coach tiffany i'm gonna i'm gonna open the floor to, for you first because um you know you being uh, an instructor for for many years and a martial artist also at that for many years um you probably have been addressed this question so what would what kind of advice would you uh, give to a prospective student or a, a, a person that is you know on the rise and in, in on that quest of getting a black belt like what what advice and words of wisdom would you have for them? I, and <laughs> I'll say this, and, and Katie heard me say this before, whatever it takes for however long it takes. That's pretty much what it is. Because again, everybody's journey is gonna be different. Right. Some people, it may take, you know, three, four years. Some people may take six, seven. Some people may take 10 or 11, like Katie. It, it's not a race to black belt. And, I, and like I said earlier, once people get that clock out of their head and stop looking at the calendar and just enjoy the process, that's when they're going to get it. Right. And you know, I tell my students all the time, it's all about repetition and what you're doing when no one else is watching. So when you're at home and you can be on the Xbox or doing whatever, watching Netflix, you know, somebody else could be at home training. Yep. And you never know. And then it's like, wait, how did that person get really, really good? And it's like, yeah, you have to be willing to outwork everybody. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you get an injury or you lose relationships and stuff like that. Like, if they love you, they're going to stick around and be like, wait, aren't you supposed to be in class? Get your butt to class. And it's right, right. right. But you, you need that. You need sometimes for someone to stick their foot in your butt and just be like, okay, do what you need to do. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it can't be a thing where your mom and dad are throwing you in the room and locking the door saying, you can't come out for an hour. You, <laughs> you literally have to, you have to be willing to put in the time. Well, I think that definitely goes to that uh, philosophy that, um, you know, life is a, um, it's a marathon, you know, it's, you know, it's not a race, it's a marathon, you know, mm -hmm. a race, you know, you're just going from point A to point B and it takes about 
you know, whatever seconds it does just to get to that, that finish line, you know, the marathon is the, um, that's just the long voyage. And it's like, okay, I'm in this process. And whenever I finish is whenever I finish, I don't care if it's at a good time or if it's what people call it a bad time, that's my time, you know, because I'm the one that's running this race and you're out there just, you know, sitting on the couch and just, you know, actually yelling all these things at me, you know, wishing that you could do the same thing that I'm doing. That's why there's a special word for that. It's called being a critic. You know, you can go ahead and, 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 and say all you want and, and say that I did this and I did that. But I feel like if you're not doing the same thing that I'm doing in order to get, you know, better in life and you're just, you know, trying to live vicariously through me, but you're not really doing anything. Why am I paying attention to you? Like go somewhere, go, go kick rocks. You know, I'm trying to improve myself as a human being first, martial artist second, but as a human being, number one, first. So believe that. Um, Cheyenne, same question. What would you say to the new generation or the generation that is, like literally almost there. What would you tell them? Um, a little bit of crazy, a lot of love, and um, remembering to have fun. Because we, we've touched a lot on all the, the hardships throughout the journey. And a lot of it really, you have lots of moments where you really love the martial art and you really have fun pure genuine glee and um that that remembering those moments is, is going to help propel you through through some of the harder times and being a little bit crazy helps too oh there you go <laughs> i like i like that answer i i that's that's unique for sure but i like that i definitely i believe that it serves its purpose katie uh, what do you got to say ma'am a- answer this question for us what do you think it kind of goes along with what Coach Tiffany was saying, but I remember a phrase I've written several times in my karate journal, and it's the phrase, repetition and consistency are the key to black belts. And I remember thinking that several times, you know, putting in the work and being like, you know, if I'm not consistent in my training, I'm not going to like reach my goals. and kaizen's motto is like is continuous improvement and you're not going to get the improvement part if you're not continuous and so and they go hand in hand and so i feel like those two together definitely um helped me get to black belt and i think will help other people get to black belt if like you guys were saying you put in the work you know less talk more do and I feel like also definitely rely on your teammates, you know, find your family. And if it's not a dojo where you can't be a family with your teammates, find a dojo where you could be a family with your teammates. Because if you have a family that you can train with, it's worth it and they'll help you get through everything. And, you know, they'll hold out a hand when you fall and you'll hold out a hand when you kick their knees out you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I feel you. That's definitely what I say. I feel you. 
I think a, a wise uh, person once said, um, and I quote, try not, do, or do not. There is no try. <laughs> so, but uh, on the serious level, I would definitely say that uh, all of those are very good, uh, valid things to say um, to the new generation that are coming up or, you know, those that are, um, you know, going to be testing for that black belt. But I would say, honestly, is that, um, you know, for those that are new, I would say that uh, it is an incredible journey to go on because, you know, once you actually put your feet on the terrain of where you're going, you have nowhere to go but to go forward right then and there. And it's pretty much up to you to put that one foot in front of the other continuously to go to wherever the destination is. Um, and once you keep going, you want to keep going and you never want to stop because you always want to see, uh, you know, where it takes you, you know, what, you know, all of a sudden now the environment and the, and the mood is changing. Okay. Let's keep on walking and see where it takes us after that, because there's got to be something a little bit more different um, than just this. There, there's got to be like another um, situation going through what you're going through. You know what I mean? Also to those that, you know, are going to be testing for a black belt, understand that uh, you are now in that pivotal uh, moment and position where now um, it, it is, it's time to grow up. Like it really, it is time to grow up. Like I always say, like when you're uh, a rank, not of black belt, like if you're a brown belt, if you're a red belt, or, you know, if you're a yellow belt or whatever, you know, whatever it may be, if you're not a black belt and you're a color belt, um, that's like saying that you're, you're still a kid, you know what I mean? And you're having fun and there's nothing wrong with that, but understand that with each new promotion, you're growing up like, you know, uh, you know, a step at a time, not only, not only physically, but um, intellectually and emotionally. And that's, that's the evolution of what it's all about. Cause you know, there's going to be a change every time that, you know, you rank up, you level up. And now that you're going to be testing for the big one, you know, it, it's, it's, it's that time, you know, it, it's, it's, it's all about growing up. You know, it's all about uh now showing everybody, you know, what you can do and what years of training has gotten, you know, you at, to this very point in time. And um, I would also say that, uh, you know, the more work that you put in, the higher the success rate you're going to get. Um, and that's not only just with martial arts, but that's with anything in life. You know, if you put in the work and you really work at it, you work hard at it. And you try to make it the best that it can possibly be every single day. I almost guarantee you that, you know, that's going to be um, the key recipe to your success. But again, it's up to you to, to make that happen. You know, you're always going to have um, support from your fellow students and instructors. But mm, at the end of the day, you are the master of your own destiny. Um, am I right or am I wrong? Damn right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, 
I would say that we actually been having a good conversation. I know that uh, Netherlands' finest is uh, feeling pretty good, even though there's no alcohol in it. So, kids, I'm not drunk. I'm telling you right now. I'm just a guy that's enjoying 0.0 alcohol-free beer. So, you know, I'm having all the taste and, and none of the, and zero of the guilt. So I am sober. Let's just put it that way. Um, before we go, um, this is the, the, the moment where I give each of my guests um, time to really just kind of close it out. You know, if there's anything that you want to say, if there's anything that you're up to, or in this case, if there's, you know, any um, last minute inspirational um, things that you want to say to all of those that want to be a martial artist or those that want to, to, to work hard and, and to earn that black belt. Um, I think now is the time for us, number one, at, as black belts, but also number two, as, you know, seasoned martial artists to spread that wisdom. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw it to Cheyenne first. Cause she, y'all can't see it, but she was waving her hand. Like, I want to go first. You know, I, I think I can really catch that, uh, I can go ahead and catch that dude duo right over there across the street, you know, because it's a sparkling one, you know, it's the HP of like a 150. But, you know, when I check the stats, it's like whoop, all the way over there. So uh, go team Balor. So, <laughs> so Cheyenne, if you could please um, go ahead and, and kick us off. If you have anything to say, um, any last minute uh, words of inspiration for the people, or just if you want to tell people uh, what you're up to, um, now's the time. Oh no, this is this is the part where we throw in our Nope, nope, wait. This is this is the time where we sh throw in our shameless plugs for the dojos. We we put the numbers. We say call oh. now. <laughs> 999. Go. Oh jeez. Oh man. Uh Real quick, I just made a technical difficulty. I was trying to mute myself, but I muted Cheyenne, so I'm going to mute myself. Cheyenne, just just go ahead and 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 start us off, please. Okay. Well, first, let me say what an honor it has been to uh, sit down and talk about all of our journeys together. Um, not only does it inspire me again for the love of all of the arts, uh, but just the journey itself. And um, yeah, for for anyone that you know, was listening to this and got that starry look in their eyes or like, you know, was really compelled, like, hey, like, this stuff is really cool. I've seen some of these moves. Like, I wish I could do that. I want to do that. Go do it. Go find like an instructor. Go, you know, immerse yourself in the material and just really have at it. Have some fun. I can dig it. I can dig it. Next up, um, we're gonna go right to the bottom, to the person that's just like looking around. Maybe there was a Pokemon on the floor or something. Katie Parker, you got you got something going on there. I mean, you know, uh, do, do what are you looking at? Is Gengar like hanging around in the corner or something? That you know, do you, do you need no, some time to see I, if you can battle it? I think my roommate just came home, and I'm like, I'm like trying to like partly listen and be like, don't interrupt. But um. <laughs> <laughs> let's see um i would definitely say to anybody listening if you're a martial artist now keep going you know keep trying i think if you put in the work put in the effort you're gonna get where you need to go even if it feels hard and then if you haven't started martial arts but you would like to 
Kaizen karate. I'm just joking. <laughs> like doing karate. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, All right. <laughs> if you haven't started, you should try because if you, if even if you're like you know, it might not be my thing. You won't know until you try it. So try it. Yeah. <laughs> I can dig it. I can dig it. Coach Tiffany, I uh, want you to take us home. Uh, what do you What do you got to say? Any uh, words of encouragement or advice or anything that you're up to? Um, now's the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll piggyback off what Cheyenne said. Like, it, it's it's been an honor to sit with you guys and talk. I know we're friends outside of this and whatnot, but it's interesting because you know, I met you and Cheyenne like on a whim at tournaments and stuff like that. And we were just talking and then we passed information and then our friendship, not only did we talk about like, you know, our journeys and being at tournaments together and competing with each other and stuff like that. Like, you know, we have personal relationships with each other and that's just awesome. And for Katie, you know, being her instructor for so many years and watching her grow from a little girl to a young woman it's, it's been an honor. And, and Katie, I actually have to personally thank you because you were the reason that I started competing again. And, you know, when I told you that I was doing weapons, you were like, wouldn't it be awesome if we did a tournament together? I'm like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. And, um, at the, and it uh, was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was the Mid-Atlantic Women's Tournament. And yeah, Cheyenne yeah. was there, took home all the trophies. I'm surprised Katie and I even got one. But it was like, you know, I was... <laughs> that moment with my student and my friend and yeah. it was just awesome because it was just an all-female tournament and you saw the sisterhood and the camaraderie and it was like oh hell yes this is this it was an amazing feeling yeah um anybody who's starting just take the first step take that first step it sometimes it can be scary like what Cheyenne said definitely have fun with it um but, you know, one of my favorite quotes is uh, from Frederick uh, Douglass, and he said, without struggle, there is no progress. Progress, that's right. So just make sure that, you know, you go in and you check a school out and you talk to the instructor. And if you feel like you fit in with, you know, the school, with their philosophies, what they're about, just go ahead and take that plunge and, you know, dedicate some time to it. And if it's important to you, you're going to make it happen. Solid, solid. Wow, I almost feel like uh, it's kind of hard to really compete with your answers to each and every one of you guys because um, you guys gave excellent answers. And I don't think that they're, you know, in this type of form, I don't think there's really a right or a wrong here. You know what I mean? I think it's all, you know, it's definitely uh, in, in some senses like uh, opinion, but it, in a sense, there's definitely a, a commonality, you know what I mean? Because it's all positive. It's all coming from a good place. It's all coming from love. Um, we just may approach things a little bit differently, but at the end of the day, you know, I feel like no matter where in the map that we are, we're always going to meet in that that center point. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's a cool thing. I would say for those that want to, you know, start training in the martial arts, I highly recommend it. I mean, maybe I'm just biased. But I tell you, you're going to learn a lot of great things that you never thought were possible. And it's not only just the physical. Um, it is the emotional. It's the intellectual. Um, for those that are going to be testing for a black belt, I, I just say to you guys that you guys are in a great position. 
and just remember that, uh, you know, like in the movie Spider-Man, there was a scene where Uncle Ben pulled Peter aside in the truck and he said, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. That cannot be further from the truth. I mean, yeah, you can say that's nerd talk or, yeah, that's from a movie, but that bears actual meaning. It really does. Guys, when you when you're going out there, you know, for the black belt journey, understand that yes, it there there it's definitely going to be work at sometimes because you know you do have to work hard to get to that next level. But at the same time, I do agree there's definitely going to be a lot of fun involved. And you know, you definitely want to do it for the right reasons. Fun is definitely one of them, I do believe, you know. Um, and understand that um the journey is all of what you make of it, you know what I mean. You want to really do the best that you can. You don't want to settle for second best. You know, put your full 100 in everything that you do. Because it says, um, there's a saying that, you know, if there's something that you're very passionate about, uh, you're going to give your 100 no matter what. And it doesn't matter if it's going to be easy or if it's going to be hard. You're going to put your 100 into it, even if it kills you, which is true. Because, this is something that you love. You, you're fighting for this. This is something that you believe in. It's not just like, okay, um, you know, I'm going to subscribe to whatever this person is saying, and it just might call, cost me like $5 a phone call. No, this is, you're in for the long haul. You know, you're investing your money into something that is going to be useful forever in a day, no matter if it's going to be, you know, in school at work uh, with another human being, if it comes to a point where, you know, you have to defend yourself, it's, it's going to be the same thing all around. It's just how you approach it and you use it is, is the tact key. And I just want to tell people like, you know, it is a difficult journey, but it's a, it, it's a very beneficial journey. And when you cross that finish line, man, I'm telling you, um, you're going to appreciate all the hard work, all the time that you invested, and you're going to appreciate every single person that got you there. And I would even add one more thing to those that actually quit and actually are thinking about going back, go back. Like, what is there to stop you? Okay. You, you took some time off. You want to go back. You know what that means? To me, that means that uh, you're hungry again. You really, you know, you you now you forgot what it tasted like, and now you want to go back because there's something that is left out there that you didn't, you know, the maybe you can call it like you didn't uh, finish what you started and you want to finish it. I encourage you to finish it. I matter of fact, I, I challenge you if you are a student that wants to go back, I challenge you to go back and finish what you start. Because I'm telling you right now, you, you'll you understand it when you actually cross the finish line. D don't be that person that, uh, you know, stopped at a certain point and kind of wondered, oh, man, what, 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 you know, what if I kept going? You know, what, 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 what would it have been like if I, if I tested for the black belt? Well, you know, there's only one way to find out, ladies and gentlemen, is just to go through that door, face whatever challenges may come, and just go for it. Understand, yes, once again, I'm, I'm saying it like a broken record. You will have a great support system. Your fellow students will support you. 
Um, your instructors are there to help you if you need it. And even if you are in a school where you may have like a, a headmaster instructor or a grandmaster, you know they have your back and they have your uh, best interest at heart and they want you to succeed. But again, it is up to you to take that map and to walk the, to walk the earth and, and to figure out where it goes. And I hope that, uh, you know, this motivates people to want to earn that black belt, to, to become a martial artist and, and to take that journey. Because for the four of us, it, it was a different way. There was a different, it was a different time. It was a different reason. Um, it was a different method. But the commonality was, is that, you know, we kept going, we worked hard, we persevered, and we did our very best, and we never gave up. And that's the one thing that I can tell you right now is to never give up. When you never give up on yourself, that means that you trust yourself and you trust the process. You don't question anything. You just know that it's going to lead you somewhere, and that somewhere is going to be a good position in a good place. So understand, ladies and gentlemen, that, uh, you know, we want you to succeed. We want you to do everything that you can to succeed. But understand that, uh, you know, it is a journey. It is work. But once you cross that finish line, man, uh, you know, it's, it's better than I'll even say winning gold medal at the Olympics. And I don't even know what the hell that feels like, but uh, it must feel pretty good. That's all I got to say to have that little ribbon around in that, that, you know, that five pounds of metal must be sweet. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, um, we are running out of time um, just because it is at that moment. Um, I didn't intend to, uh, let it go for this long, but when you have people that are very passionate about being a martial artist and being passionate about their training and doing whatever it takes to, to maintain it and to pass it on to the next generation, um, it is a great feeling, you know, to be with, you know, my martial arts family. I mean, although we may not be um, from the same exact school, we may not be from the same exact discipline, but, you know, um, you know, when we're training and we put on that gi and, you know, put that belt on or whatever, you know, I, I, I can tell you right now that, you know, I, I feel like that person is a part of my family, is part of the martial arts family. And that's something that never will die. You know, that's something that's always going to stay eternally forever. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that these ladies can understand what I'm talking about. Um, and that's just being, that's just me being real. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to say that this episode has finally come to a glorious end after, after a lot of minutes and, 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 and all possibly hours to discuss about something that is important to us in our everyday lives. That being said, how, like I always end my podcasts got to do the selfless shameless plug because you know that's that's what i do you know you want to go ahead and find a brother i i got you there, there are many ways to do it facebook go ahead and search me under the kim huang podcast experience under that search box or go to facebook.com forward slash the, the kim huang podcast experience um 
you know, you want to find me on Instagram or on Twitter? Yo, I got that. I got that under the same handle at TKHPC Experience. It actually will go both ways. So, you know, you can find me, you know, add a brother, feel free to, you know, let's go ahead and, 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 and talk shop and chop shop. Uh, and understand that this episode is now going to be not only on Anchor, but on Spotify as well. So, hey, you know, you got the best of both worlds. The only great thing about Anchor is that if you want to be an upcoming uh, podcaster, you can shoot your stuff right then and there on the website without having to download any software and then instantly load it up. That's the way to go. Last but not least, you want to go ahead and email a guy. You want to go ahead and be a co-host. You want to be a, you want to be a guest. You know, you got something to talk about. You want something to go ahead and say, I got a little suggestion for you right here. Let's let's go ahead and uh, talk about Nintendo versus Sega versus, um, you know, PlayStation versus, uh, you know, whatever the hell. You know what? Fine. You want to email me? I got you. You know what I mean? Make sure that you go ahead and email me at the Kim Huang podcast experience at gmail.com. Whatever the subject is, throw a subject, whether if you got like a suggestion, if you want to be a co-host or if you want to be a. Uh, a special guest, um, you know, in the making, which is fine, but just understand one thing. And I do have a disclaimer. And uh, unfortunately, um, Coach Tiffany, you, she didn't cooperate here for for a hot minute. Email me a bio because if I don't know who you are, if I don't know your qualifications, if I don't know anything about you, we got we got nothing to talk about, man. Like you know, I I literally will I could say something and you'd be like. Like, you know, example, well, I understand that, um, you know, um, you know, you're a person that uh, plays basketball and you eat everything. Wrong. No, no, I don't do that. I play wee bowling and I'm the vegan. Oh, damn. See, unless you give me a bio, I got nothing to work on, folks. For real. You know, hook an Asian brother up with something, man. You know, give give me give me that information, please. You know, so I can do this interview for you properly. That the one time for the one time, as you American people say, ah, but that being said, ladies and gentlemen, as I digress and I'm putting up my Heineken double zeros up, um, thank you so much for joining us on the Kim Wang podcast experience. Um, you know, I do this guy, I do this this for you guys, like seriously, because um, I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, I definitely think it's it's a fun thing to do. I'm servicing the community, you know, I'm giving back and uh, anything that I can do to kind of, you know, make your day less stressful or give you some kind of, um, you know, words of hope and encouragement or some kind of motivation. That's what I'm here for. Um, I'm here for you guys. Um, and I'll never turn my back away from you, you know, 100% because uh, I always believe that, you know, in the words of martial arts, each one teach one and uh, leave no person behind on that dojang. You know what I mean? If they need something, give it to them. You know what I mean? And and that's just me being real. But as I digress and I'm looking at the, let me see, the last few moments of the donation, I just like to say it's been motherfucking fun for real, you know? And uh, I like to say to each and every one of you guys that I love you guys sincerely. It's been great. Please make uh, great choices and safe choices because I don't want you to conk out on me. I want you to keep on living. I want you to keep on trucking and I want to see you guys do many great things, but you know, you can't do that. You know, if you're lying underneath six feet under a box, so, you know, please make some great choices. 
some safe choices. You know what I mean? And uh, we will do this again for real. And maybe the next time I'll have these three ladies again, you know, on another episode, we might have a comic book fight. I don't know. We might talk about, you know, who did it better, Team Valor or, you know, Team Instant. I don't know. I mean, you know, who, who who's down for that? Maybe we'll talk about, you know, martial arts training equipment. It all It all depends on what it is. But ladies and gentlemen, for the one time, for the one time, this is your host, the Asian sensation himself, Kim Huang, reporting to you live from the Asian sensation studios. This has been another beautiful episode of the Kim Huang podcast experience. I love you all. Be good. Be good to each other. And um, I'll see you guys real soon. So cheers and uh, peace out. We are done.